0: Welcome to the Kickbump Kickpod, your fortnightly D&M for all things motherhood. One, two, three, four. Well, hi guys. I have been so excited for this episode Oh my gosh. Okay. So before I even get into today's episode, I will give you guys a little bit of a quick Harvey update, but it's going to be quick because I'm just, I'm so keen to share everyone's stories. Anyway. So probably the biggest update there would be is that the breastfeeding journey with Harves and I is officially over. I'm not going to get choked up talking about this because I have, I'm moving on and I've accepted it. Um, But I'm not going to lie. It was super emotional for me. Um, I, I think it was emotional, but like when it actually came to the last feed, I wasn't emotional because it's like, it got to that point where I just knew like, absolutely it was time to end. And it wasn't just because that's something I had decided, but my body had decided it too. My supply had basically been dropping over the last month and I was down to just feeding him in the morning. Um, And then I realized that my supply was dropping so much in the morning that I was kind of following up every feed with a bottle feed as well of formula. But the last couple of weeks, I felt like maybe he was getting like 30 to 50 mil from me and then getting the rest as a top up from formula. But the last maybe four days of our journey, I like would say that he barely got anything, like maybe a teaspoon's worth. Um, And he was just really just playing (laughs) On my nipple <laughs> and like twiddling it with his fingers and kept looking at me like, nothing's coming out, mum. So I decided to end it there and that was at, he was 10 and a half months old. So yeah, it's been, it, that was only like a week ago. So it's still super fresh. Um, still super weird that I'm not starting my day like that, but I'm okay. I've accepted it and I'm so proud of us and I'm so happy that I, was able to even have a breastfeeding journey, you know, from the get go. Um, it was such an incredible experience. I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, if we are successful one day having another child, I hope that I can have another successful breastfeeding journey and get to experience it again because it was truly magical I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But that is the end of that. (laughs) He is crawling and climbing and falling everywhere. He hasn't found his feet. Like he's still got like hardly any balance on his feet, but his crawling has gotten so quick, like so fast. It's ridiculous. And it's a bit of a game to him at the moment, especially when I'm like changing his nappy. It's like a game to, like, quickly tumble out of the way and just run towards the door, well, crawl towards the door really quickly with no pants on and no nappy on, and he thinks it's hilarious. And I can't help but laugh, but, you know, it's – also like I'm like the day that he does this and then just wheeze or poos in the doorway I won't be happy so (laughs) I'm just constantly trying to find ways to keep him still like I'm either handing him a book as he's lying there upside not upside down lying there on his back or um even sometimes I am giving him my phone just to distract him but he is a bit of a bookworm. A book sometimes just does the trick and that's all he wants. Um, but other than that, he's eating and sleeping well. I think because he's crawling everywhere, he's like exhausting himself. So he's eating better because he's hungrier and he's sleeping better because he's super tired. And it's been really beautiful to kind of watch – him and Josh, you know, I'm at work now four days a week and it's been really, really exciting to be back. But, you know, some days I don't think about them as in, you know, I'm quite motivated at work and my mind is like super channeled to work. And then other days I just literally can't stop thinking about Harvey and like constantly ask Josh for Harvey updates or photos or videos because I miss him so much. So it's, it is what it is. And I think that that's just going to stay with me. Um, as a working mum and that's all good but it has been really beautiful to see Josh really come into his own as a stay-at-home dad it's been really beautiful their relationship is just blossoming more and more every day he's teaching him new things he's so playful with Harvey and it's just gorgeous coming home to them and like seeing you know what they got up to for the day and like what he's doing new like waving or clapping or kissing or hugging or you know playing with Ari all these big things it's just so exciting and I'm so proud of Josh. And yeah, just, I just love it. They're so beautiful together, but that's it. That's me done with Harvey updates. I really want to move on to what this episode is all about, which is about birth stories or birth plans, not going to plan, So I don't know about all of you, but when I was pregnant, I was constantly asked, you know, what is my birth plan? How do I want my birth to play out? I think everyone just expects you to have one. So I thought I'd do a podcast about it. And I reached out to you guys in the community, which by the way, if you're like, what do you mean? You reached out to us in the community. We have a kick bump Facebook community. So it is a private Facebook community, but we opened it up for any, you know, mamas or you know, mamas to be to join. If you're looking for a bit of a virtual mother's group where you can connect with others, feel free to come and join in on that community. But that's where I reached out and I asked for you guys to share some of your birth stories and mainly those that, you know, didn't exactly go to plan because I just really wanted to share a diverse range of experiences. And you guys really like obviously summarized them so well for me in nice short little tidbits. So I was able to choose like 11 stories I want to share today, which is very exciting. Um, And I can't thank you enough. First of all, I wanna say a huge thank you to everyone who sent in their experiences. I'm really, really sorry. I won't get around to sharing all of them today, but please know that every single one of them was read and every one of them was insightful emotional and an absolute pleasure to read seriously as women what we endure and what our body is you know able to do is just incredible no matter how our birth plays out Um, I tried to include different scenarios, pick like a few different stories to make sure that there was, you know, a diverse range in there. But you know, what I learned from it and what I I knew already is that there are so many different ways that birth can play out. So there would absolutely be certain types of birth that I won't be covering here in this chat. Um, But I will say, if you enjoy listening to these stories and if you enjoy listening to birth stories, I highly, highly recommend um, listening to Oz Birth Stories podcast. So Australian birth stories they actually had me on um and my episode I think it's 235 I will check that but I think it's episode 235 um so if you want to hear my birth story in detail you can head there and you can listen to the whole episode I will start today's podcast with my birth story but I'll try and like summarize it for you really shortly because I really want to get onto your stories that is what I'm here for to share yours, but I just thought I might as well add in my own for those who don't know. So when it came to me with Harvey and it came to my birth plan, I really, really wasn't two phased. Like my priority was always just that the baby and I were safe um, and healthy. And I didn't really mind how he arrived, but my preference was to not have an epidural. And I did explain this to my obstetrician. Um, and it was basically because when I'm in pain personally, I really like to be quite mobile. And I suppose that's how I always envisioned my birth going as well. You know, I thought I'd be in and out of the shower, um, using hot water for pain relief, because that's what I do often when I've, you know, just got general pain relief or muscle re- um, pains and everything. I love getting in and out of the shower and, and just like kind of walking around or stretching. So I kind of envisioned my label would be the same. So I ended up being overdue and I needed to be induced in the end, um, which I came to terms with at first. I was like, damn, I really wanted that kind of like spontaneous going into labor, you know, water's broken, the supermarket kind of moment (laughs) that you see on movies and TV shows. I don't know why. Um, but I ended up getting induced. So I went in on a Sunday evening. I had what's called cervidil. Um, basically just like this little hormone thing. It was like a miniature tampon to explain it, but it's supposed to change your cervix or like start the process. Um, but I woke up and I was only one centimetres dilated. It barely did anything to my cervix. So my OB ended up breaking my waters um which was probably one of the funniest experiences of my life um like it just I can't even explain how it felt but it was hilarious and the more I laughed the more like gushed out so Josh and I had a real laugh <laughs> um from there I had some mild contractions and they started and I basically went into kind of like active labor um oh did I go into active labor I I don't remember anyway but they started to slow so late morning I think it was like 9 or 10 a.m I ended up going on a drip and then I went into like full active labor so that's when it started to get real hard hardcore um very painful but I was so ready and I was I was I went in with like the most positive mindset and really really ready to take on labor or what I thought was gonna be my labor. Um, so I was like swaying walking around I did end up loving the shower we had a bit of monitor issues where it would like drop out when I was in the bathroom and that really upset me because there was a one point where the midwife that was working was like "Mm, it's not working it's not showing up it's really important that we can see the baby's heart rate at all times during this labor so you can't go in the shower anymore and like obviously His health was my number one priority. So I whilst I was upset, I was totally fine with that. And I was like, yep, okay, that's fine. I mean, annoying, but like, that's cool. But my obstetrician knew and another midwife there knew how like how much I wanted that. And you could also see that I was dealing so much better with my contractions when I was in the bathroom and my body was relaxing a lot more. So they ended up like just doing it again, starting again, getting a different monitor for me and it ended up working. So I'm so grateful for that because I was able to go back into the shower, which is great. Um, So I was really starting to struggle (laughs) by the evening. Um, I think it was really late afternoon, early evening. I got an internal check and it was only like two to three centimeters dilated and I was seriously exhausted. So that's when my OB suggested the epidural, Um, I, you know, my body was tensing up through every contraction and just wasn't going anywhere. And I was like really disappointed about having the epidural, but like, I was also so exhausted. I literally just burst out into tears and was like, yep, I want to do it. Let's do it. Like I, I literally can't go on. Um, and the process of getting the epidural was probably one of the toughest parts of birth, to be honest, um, because my contractions were really quite, um, close together and they can't, you can't like they can't do the epidural as you're having a contraction. So he basically had to like start and then stop every time I started to feel a contraction. And there was quite a few contractions before the whole process was actually over. So that was, you know, quite hectic. Um, Unfortunately, my blood pressure did drop really dramatically. Um, It also did affect Harvey's heart rate that was probably the scariest moment of my labor, if I'm honest. Josh and I fully just looked at each other because, you know, doctors and stuff were coming in. Everyone was watching the monitor. People weren't really saying anything. And, you know, they were kind of saying like, this is normal. Don't worry about it. But like, you know, when they say that and you're just like, "Mm, I don't know. Um, Josh literally had to walk into the bathroom and like have a moment to himself because I think he just was exactly like me and was just like, what's going on? And was just thinking the worst. But thankfully we were able to um, get his heart rate back up and it was all fine. It was was totally fine. Um, And then by like 8 p.m. I ended up being about five to six centimetres dilated and I fully got the shakes like – It was the worst shakes, the most uncontrollable worst shakes I've ever had in my life. The most annoying thing was that they lasted like a few hours. They didn't stop until I started pushing um, and I ended up being sick as well. Like I was fully nauseous and so – throwing up while you have the shakes is horrible. And then like just after midnight, I was checked again because I felt like I needed to go do number twos. And the midwife was like, "Mm, no, you don't need to poo. You actually need to give birth. He was there and I was 10 centimeters dilated and it was ready to go. My pushing stage actually went for, I think it ended up being about 25 minutes to half an hour. And because of the epidural, I couldn't feel the pain. Um, and I, actually really enjoyed the pushing stage. Um, So my birth didn't play out the way I suppose I had always envisioned it, you know, that spontaneous labor, you know, laboring at home for a little bit, then going to the hospital and then, you know, just getting through labor without any pain relief. Like these were all ideas or like preferences that I had, but I didn't even have them on paper because I was also very much okay to just go with the flow and like just do whatever needed to be done um I did go into it quite educated with all the different interceptions and everything like that so I was quite prepared to like know what I was comfortable with if someone brought something up and you know be able to do all that so anyway But I am so grateful for my experience. I am so, so grateful for my experience. I can't say that enough. I look back at my birth and I, you know, think how incredible was that experience and I cannot wait to do it again. Um, It does not, like, it was hard. It was so hard and there was so many scary points. But, like, I consider myself incredibly lucky for the way it went down. Um, There is so, so many different scenarios and I am just about to get into all of these stories. So I just want to say again, I am so excited to share your stories. I can't thank you enough for being so open to sharing them. And, you know, literally almost every one of you said like, this is so special. Thank you for sharing my story. Or like, you know, I love hearing other women's stories. I hope mine helps somebody. So just know that even sharing your story is just so amazing. And I thoroughly enjoyed reading them. So the first one I'm going to talk to is Alicia's story. Now, she, she actually touches on the importance of having a bit of a birth plan on paper. So, you know, even if things don't go to plan, you know, doctors and nurses that might be like with you that aren't aware of, you know, your preferences and stuff like that, it's really good to just have those down on paper um, just so that like they can kind of, if you can't make that decision, a rational decision at the time, they can kind of go back to your preferences. So this is Alicia's story. Originally, I wanted as natural birth as possible. Home for early labor, no drugs and an active labor. I prepared by listening to Australian birth stories and did their birth class. So felt like I was quite prepared and had my birth plan all set out at 34 weeks. At 35 weeks after a misdiagnosis, I was finally diagnosed with cholestasis. I was induced at 38.5 weeks due to cholestasis. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, by the way, guys. Causing severe itching and bile salt levels becoming dangerous for my baby. I kept my birth plan pretty much the same apart from laboring at home, but the birth was not At all, what I had thought. As soon as my waters were broken and the drip was started, within an hour, my pain was unbearable. I couldn't get in the shower. I couldn't be on the ball. I wasn't able to be active at all. I got straight into the bed and spent the next five hours in there in so much pain. I had the gas, which helped distract me, but it did not stop the pain. I couldn't talk or make decisions. So I'm so glad we had the birth plan written down beforehand. My partner was able to help me be my voice when the doctors wanted to do things that I didn't agree with. Once Bub was born, she had the cord around her neck twice and I ended up losing 1.25 liters of blood, which meant heaps of fundal pressing for me. Second degree tear with two stitches. For weeks after, I was traumatized by my birth, mainly about how painful it was. And I was disappointed that I was induced and couldn't be in active labor. After hearing other stories, I was able to reflect on the birth and look at it as a positive experience and enjoy my new little fam. So definitely didn't go to plan but I love that she could reflect on that and still see it as a positive experience. I think that's really, really special. Another story is from Jessica. So this is kind of all about, you know, going into it with a really open mindset. She said, I had a plan or a goal to have a no intervention where possible, no pain relief kind of birth. I had booked a hypnobirthing course and was ready to just let my body do what it needed to do. But in a turn of events, I had reduced movements and went in for monitoring at 28 Wow, 28 weeks plus four days. I was diagnosed with preeclampsia despite having no symptoms and my little girl was born via emergency C-section due to being in distress and not getting enough nutrients at 28 and a half weeks. Eight hours in one hospital transfer after I first arrived to be checked. Ironically, she was also born the day we were meant to do day one of our hypnobirthing course. I actually coped well with the huge difference from my plan to actual experience as the whole way through, I knew I would just surrender to whatever needed to occur and that things wouldn't go to plan. So while it was very different, I knew that it was what needed to happen to keep her safe. And after 51 days in the NICU, we got her home. So it was all worth it. I'm just glad I did have a very open mindset from the beginning that I couldn't control everything and would just do what I needed as I do think that helped immensely. I would agree, Jessica. I feel like that would have been a really, really tough and scary. I mean, it would have been tough and scary process regardless, but particularly if you were super, super set on your birth plan, that would have been really, really, really hard. Okay. This one's from Christy. She actually doesn't remember a part of her birth, so I'll get into it. My birth story is an interesting one. I had terrible HG during my pregnancy from four weeks up until the placenta delivered. I have horrible endometriosis and have always been curious at how labor pains matched up to my normal horrific pain. I was planning on going fully natural as I also have a trait of being able to go into a meditative state in hard times and completely zone out. My doctors and partner were amazed by this trait. We all thought my body would just know exactly what to do and it did, but in another way. I ended up being induced as my body couldn't hold up anymore. I labored standing up for four hours after being on the bed and couch for around nine months and then I don't remember the rest. I gave birth hooked up to an IV with fluids and all my meds, an epidural and a vacuum. I don't remember anything really and... I was not really there. I'm pretty amazed at my body, my obstetrician and my partner's ability to bring Archie into the world. I'm not upset or disappointed in my birth. I am amazed and I'm surprised. I also think I probably wasn't realistic in wanting a natural feeling at all kind of delivery given what was left of me after nine months of HG. I had him at Epworth Freemansons with my OB who is also my endo specialist and I could not have done the pregnancy without her and her team. Archie's five months old now and I'm still recovering from the pregnancy. He's amazing and I would do it all again. Love that. Love that, Christy. Another one. This is a positive outlook on a C-section birth from Georgia. In (laughs) short-ish, I have always been so, so terrified at the thought of having a C-section. I was always really realistic with myself. I knew there is always a chance it could happen, but that still didn't make me feel any better about it. My plan was to try my best to have a vaginal birth and give everything a red hot crack, but be open to pain relief. I went into labor naturally, ended up trying TENS machine, morphine, gas, and had an epidural. The baby got stuck, heart rate dropped, And we ended up having an emergency C-section. It ended up being the most amazing experience of my life. I'll likely have a C-section for any future babies. And I genuinely am so excited about the idea of this. I did a positive birth class and I didn't think that that would help with my fear of C-sections. Turns out it did. It was the most amazing experience because I guess at the end of the day, my bub arrived safe and sound. Everything was explained to me really well in the heat of the moment. The team looked after me and really made me feel like they were there for me. A C-section is amazingly coordinated amongst a team of staff. There is so much going on, but I always felt like everyone was there solely for me and bub. The anesthetist was cracking jokes with me, reassuring me. They made me feel like there was nothing to worry about. A wonderful nurse took my phone and took lots of photos during the delivery. These photos are now so, so special to us. My husband was with me the entire time. I was still able to have the amazing skin-on-skin contact, delayed cord clamping, etc. I was also able to use techniques I'd learned in my birth class to try and stay calm and remain positive. And I literally felt nothing. I think I thought that I'd be so focused on being cut open, but really your mind is just on the fact that your baby is coming out now. I was so surprised at how quick it was for Bub to come out literally 10 minutes. It's so amazing. I loved this story because I mean, I have not experienced a C-section. I wouldn't say I'm scared of having a C-section. I've got plenty of friends who have had C-sections, so I'm definitely not scared of them, but I found it quite insightful and Reassuring, I think, that you can absolutely have a positive experience with an emergency C section. I mean, obviously, there is some also ho- like horrible things to reflect on when if a C section, you know, isn't going well. And that's, you know, that's real as well. But I think it was nice to read someone reflect and it was okay. Um, this next one is from Julia. It's about a really super quick birth, a really super quick labor. So she said, my first birth, everything went to, you know, a rough plan. I was open to anything, although I preferred a vaginal birth with no pain medication, which is actually how it turned out. It was only a 3-hour labor, super quick. Very lucky lucky to have a fairly straightforward birth. Her waters broke, straight into intense labor and 45 minutes of pushing. Directly following the birth, I had retained a placenta which had to be removed manually you can use your imagination as to that procedure. So even though the birth was great, the complications afterwards were not ideal. A lot of blood loss, a longer recovery, anything can happen. My second birth, I was hoping for a similar labor experience. I guess some parts were very similar, though given my first was fairly quick, we were expecting possibly even quicker. After my waters breaking in the middle of the night, I went into hospital the next morning to be monitored. I wasn't in labor yet and they gave me the option of going home as it could be another 24 hours. I said, hell yes, get me home as that is where I feel most comfortable. We came home, had lunch, watched the footy, relaxed on the couch and it wasn't until about 4.30 in the afternoon I felt the urge to go to the toilet. Turns out I did not need to go to the toilet. The baby was coming. Three intense contractions later and with my husband on the phone to triple zero, my daughter was born in our hallway. Luckily, everything was okay and my husband and I sat in the hallway for the next 15 minutes waiting for the ambulance. I think for some, it would have been terrifying. But I think in that moment, I was just accepting that there was nothing else we could do. She is now over 10 months old and loves commando crawling up and down that hallway. Oh my gosh, what a memory in that house. I can only imagine how special that is to see her in that hallway now. But I love that. I mean, like good on you and your husband. I would say that I would be terrified of that experience, but I loved reading this because I feel like maybe, maybe it wouldn't be so scary if it does happen one day. (laughs) Okay. This next one is from Millie. Her number one goal was healthy mom, healthy bub. Here's her story. My birth plan was very simple, a happy and healthy mum and bub. I was aiming to do it naturally, but if achieving my ultimate goal meant that I required an epidural, morphine, gas, whatever, then so be it. I had absolutely no shame in utilizing interventions and I was so open for whatever would be required to birth little man safely. I am lucky in that my mother-in-law is a midwife and she had given me the advice that if anything was amiss in the final week to go into the hospital and get it assessed. So we went in one day when I was 39 weeks and four days because mister hadn't moved much and he would usually kick around at lunchtime. Thank goodness we went in because after placing the ultrasound wand underneath my sternum, it was revealed that he was in breach. It came as a huge shock because I'd been told from approximately 30 weeks onwards that he was head down and engaged in my pelvis by multiple different medical professionals and I had not felt him flip at all in that time. In hindsight, it makes a lot of sense because from around 38 to 39 weeks, I had been presenting with what I labelled my beluga belly because my tummy was coned up and out from my ribs and reminded me of beluga whale's head. (laughs) that's funny anyway I was given two options try an ECV and external manipulation technique to flip him around which I was told due to how far along I was I would have about a 20 to 30 percent success rate or to have a cesarean in that moment my heart sunk I had always imagined having my waters break feeling the gradual build of contractions giving birth vaginally And then it was all turned on its head, literally and metaphorically. So after a little cry, we decided to try the ECV as there was no harm in trying, but it was unsuccessful. The obstetrician then said, well, what are you doing tomorrow? Wanna come in and have your baby? And just like that, we were booked in to have a C-section the following morning. No waters breaking, no contractions, no cuddling my partner in the hot shower as we breathed through contractions together, Nothing. I was so disheartened, but upon reflection, I realised that there is no correct way to birth. Why should a C-section be disappointing or feel like you have failed? At the end of the day, the outcome is still the same, but the journey is just different. So after my shift in mindset, I saw a silver lining. If I hadn't have gone for that assessment, I would have gone into labor naturally, had a ridiculously long and hard labor only to be right back in the same position of having a C-section with a potentially distressed baby and an over-exhausted mother. So while it was not the birth I had planned, the main goal was achieved in that I birthed a beautiful, happy, healthy little boy and I now have a scar to remind me of his birth for the rest of my life." I loved reading this story. It is such a positive outlook on on this experience. And I mean, like, why not? Exactly as you said, Millie, it's like the journey can be different. The outcome is the same. You have this new family member and that is the magic of birth. So thank you so much for sharing. Okay. This one is from Emma. Super raw and fresh. Emma is only... I think she said she, yes, she would birthed 12 days ago. So thank you for emailing and congratulations. She said, I gave birth 12 days ago now and it definitely did not go to plan. We originally had a home birth planned with no medication, water immersion, completely calm with mood lighting. This all changed three days before giving birth as I was diagnosed with preeclampsia. I went to hospital with strange chest pains and I was told I need to be induced ASAP. During my birth, my blood pressure was spiking, causing a near seizure. And then my baby's heart rate was dropping dramatically, where they were going to need to vacuum her out. How I feel now, upon reflection, I often don't bring up my experience as I'm just so thankful and relieved we're both okay now. We had an incredible midwife who kept both myself and my partner sane during the process. The emergency button was pressed multiple times, and I ended up having an epidural, but on the plus side, I was able to push little one, which is now called Pia, out without the vacuum or forceps that were almost forced upon me. We have had to go back to the hospital a few times since for my blood pressure and for Pia, but we are all doing really well. And so in the end, it was definitely a positive experience, just not the experience we planned or had hoped for. I'm extremely proud that I handled the whole process the way I did. I'm usually a huge worrier as I suffer with anxiety, but I was calm and present for the whole birth. Emma, I'm so proud of you. That is incredible. And I'm so glad that even so fresh, like only a couple weeks post-birth, you can be still so proud and calm about this experience through reflection. It's just, it's awesome. Okay, Lauren, her little tidbit of advice is the best plan is to have no plan. (laughs) So she said my third birth definitely didn't go to plan. My first two births were both vaginal births and I always just went with the flow for the first two pregnancies. But for my third, I really wanted to experience a water birth for my last pregnancy. At my first ultrasound, I had a scare. The lady told me she thought the cord was over my cervix, which meant an instant C-section. So she had to do another ultrasound ultrasound to confirm. Luckily it wasn't so I was out of the woods or so I thought. My daughter was head down first but gradually decided she didn't like that position and eventually ended in breach position. I was stressed and exploring all options to turn her. You name it I tried and they were all a fail. My last attempt was an ECV which was also unsuccessful. They gave me the forms to fill out and scheduled in my c-section for the following Wednesday. Tuesday night came around and my little one decided she didn't want to wait for the next day and I went into labor, but she was still unfortunately in breach position after six hours of labor. She was born just shy of midnight and let me tell you, the surgery was awful for me. I shook the whole time. I was nauseous and I also felt pain after they took her out. I lost nearly a liter of blood and I couldn't really remember the next two days until I had an iron infusion. If there's one thing I've learned from this experience, it's to never plan your birth. Always go with the flow of things and you won't be left disappointed like I was. I really mourned the breath I wanted and struggled mentally for a few months. I'm now nine months postpartum and I've come to accept that that's just how she was meant to come into the world and she is safe and she is healthy. And Lauren, that is the best reflection because it is so true. You know, it, it is kind of that matter of fact, it is what it is, you know, that's how she was meant to come into the world. Um, but I really, I think that is a great piece of advice to, you know, not hold on too tightly to those birth plans as they are They are absolutely something worth mourning for if it doesn't happen because you can become so attached to them. So thank you for your advice. This next one is from Jess. I guess on this one, it's a great example of how emotionally we're all so different. You know, we connect differently during our pregnancies. We connect differently emotionally with our babies and then also our own bodies. So Jess, thank you so much for being so raw and true. She said, I swear I must've been the only person who had the easiest pregnancy and still hated it. I was so uncomfortable and the most unfit I had ever been in my entire life. I literally walked into my 37 week OB appointment and said, this is the eviction notice. I am done being pregnant. My OB was super lovely and replied with, let's give her a chance to come out by herself, hey? So that was the plan. Give her a chance, if not induction with all of the painkillers naturally due date rolled around and off to hospital we went to get induced first lot of gel went in at 3 p.m i spent the afternoon chilling then had a bit of back pain no biggie second lot of gel went in around 11 30 p.m i sat on the monitors for what felt like forever at one point the rn came in and asked if i was feeling any contractions i explained that i had, had a little bit of back pain she explained that my contractions were five minutes apart oops Finally, at 2.30 in the morning, I got to go to bed. Well, I finally started feeling contractions around 3.30 a.m., Skip to the good bits, water broke naturally around 5 a.m., they moved me into monitoring. By this time, I had asked for painkillers twice. They responded with Panadine foot, which I literally threw up immediately. After 30 minutes, they would check on me, and every 30 minutes, I would ask for an epidural. Finally, my vagina got checked. Well, surprise, surprise, I was nine centimeters dilated. Too fucking late. (laughs) Then it happened. I looked at my husband and I said, I think I need to poop. Panic stations from every nurse. You need to push. No, 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 no. I need to pass my bowels. It was time for my daily bowel movement. Every morning, like clockwork. So there I was. I went into delivery to poop in front of a complete stranger. The entire Labor. I stopped pooping and little Gillian popped out. all without pain relief. Then two minutes after I'd given birth to Bub and pushed out the placenta, in walks my OB, who charmingly said, you could have waited another 10 minutes. I was stuck at a red light, to which I colorfully replied, you could have fucking left home 10 minutes earlier. 50 minutes later, he finished stitching me up. Jillian did a great job downstairs. <laughs> oh, thing. Reflecting on the moment and now, I was quite proud of what I had achieved. Considering my whole pregnancy... I was like, give me all of the drugs. I don't want to feel a thing. However, I am definitely one and done. The first words out of my mouth were, I'm not doing that again. My poor husband, he is coming around though. Well, thank you, Jess, for just being so raw and honest. I absolutely loved reading your story. I think you are quite the character. And um, yeah, I mean, good on you. That's that's a story. Kirsty. okay, so... She said, her plan, natural, essential oils, lots of swaying, moving, possibly water, a zen environment, plus a ber- plus a beautiful birth. Labor at home until I was eight to nine centimeters and get to the hospital to push my little girl out with some fake candles, a nice labor playlist and my husband. The real deal, a really hard pregnancy, a week long pre-labor, therefore no sleep before the real labor, Waters broke. I was two centimeters dilated with 10 centimeters type contractions. I did not progress really at all. 12 hours later, I finally made it to four centimeters. I was using the gas. They found I had an infection. My little girl was posterior. I got the epidural plus I had to lay on my side to get her to flip, which did not happen. My body still didn't progress and I was only seven centimeters another eight hours later. I ended up having a hormone drip to increase my contractions and eventually got to 10 centimeters. A doctor then tried to manually spin her. I can still feel her entire arm up there. My epidural didn't work when I was sitting upright, therefore wore away during my hour and 20 minutes of pushing when then I finally got her out posterior and then hemorrhaged and lost 1.6 liters of blood. For a while, I felt like it was kind of traumatic, but eight months later, I'm not scared for my next birth. I'm still excited to get pregnant again and to birth again. I will still go into labor with an open mind and with, and I will still make a rough plan. It's such a short blip in time, the hardest 24 hours of my life. And it was all so hard, but the reward at the end is just so, so worth it. I would do it a hundred times over to get my Angel Harper again. Can't wait to give her a sibling. Wow. Like just... I love being able to strongly reflect on a, you know, story that may not have gone to plan and, you know, could have been quite traumatic. And the fact that she is just that, that grateful for her little one, that she can still be grateful for the process and for the experience and that she's still so excited for the next birth. Like that is just, that is incredible. You're a strong person. All right, Kelsey, my original birth plan was pretty simple. I wanted to use my TENS machine first for the pain during contractions, and then as it progressed, spending time in the shower with support from my partner, Liam. I was open to the gas and the epidural if I felt I couldn't handle it any longer. I wanted to help deliver our daughter and do delayed cord clamping and just focus skin on skin for as long as I could allow our breastfeeding journey to start. At 38 weeks on November 27th, I spontaneously went into labor and was feeling so prepared and so strong. Unfortunately, after 11 hours in labor five of which were in hospital. An emergency cesarean was called as my daughter was being monitored and her heart rate kept dropping and spiking out of normal range and I wasn't dilating past two centimeters. Her head was right down, you could feel it and my body was just trying to get her out. As I'm being prepped for my surgery, I realized my birth plan was out the window but at least I could have skin to skin time and we could start our breastfeeding journey. At one thirty-six p.m. my daughter was delivered into this world. Shortly after, code blue was called. My daughter stopped breathing entirely, went limped and was taken away from me. I saw her for a quick glance over the sheet. They stitched me back up while my daughter was being prepped to transfer to another hospital where she would go to an in My hospital has a special care nursery only. I got to see my daughter before I said goodbye. There were no beds available for me at the hospital she was going to. She was covered in tubes, wires, oxygen mask, and an incubator. Oh my gosh, Kelsey, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to hold her. We didn't get to breastfeed, though luckily I had expressed 36 weeks because I had already started leaking, which meant she got colostrum from me. I didn't even get to change her first nappy. My daughter, Everly, was taken to another hospital and I was told to recover. We were a 40-minute drive away from each other and I've never felt so empty and lost. We didn't know if she would survive. We didn't even know why she was sick. She was going to be poked and prodded without her mummy by her side. Saying goodbye was the hardest thing I've ever done. Honestly, I went numb. After 30 hours... After her birth, I was given a day pass from the hospital to go see her. 30 hours after a caesarean, I got in the car, my partner drove and we headed to the hospital. There she was in her own little room in her little incubator in the in the NICU. I got my first cuddle for two minutes before she had to go back in. My partner wasn't able to get a hold as we weren't able to breastfeed, but we still had a lot of colostrum and I pumped lots for her. So thankful for my body for this. We got to stay for an hour, but then the pain got so bad, we had to head back to our hospital. Over 50 hours later, she returned back to our hospital as she no longer needed breathing assistance. She was on antibiotics via IV. Turns out she had a chest infection heart and oxygen monitoring and a feeding tube. She went into the special care nursery where she stayed for over a week, but we got to stay by her side for as long as we wanted. My partner and I slept and ate in my room and then spent every other second with her. We started our breastfeeding journey and we are now three and a half months in now, going strong. It's the one thing from my original birth plan that I actually got in the end. We were able to start our breastfeeding journey. It may have not been straight away, but I'm still so thankful and grateful. Everly is doing great now. After five days on antibiotics, the infection had cleared. We don't know why it happened, unfortunately, but we are so thankful she's okay now. Everly is thriving and is now just like any other three and a half month old. I know my birth story isn't a bright and happy one, but it had a wonderful ending. We are so thankful for midwives, doctors, pediatricians and nurses at both hospitals for helping out in any way they could. Thank you so much for sharing this story. I could not, if I I can't fathom like how scary that moment would have been having her been taken away so instantly, but it is just, you hear these stories, like it happens. It absolutely happens where you do not get that, you know, one-on-one time instantly with your baby. Um, It's, it's real. It's very real. That experience is very real. So thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure there'll be many moms who will be able to relate to your story um, and be so grateful for you for sharing. But I hope that you know, like me guys, hearing other birth stories really allows you to head into your own birth with an open mind. And I suppose the biggest takeaway piece of advice that kept coming through on emails and throughout these stories is to maybe write out your birth preferences and definitely be educated on the different forms of interventions, but try not to be too hung up on one particular birth plan as there are You know, there's just so much out of your control and it it would be really, really hard to work through literally mourning your birth plan. And if you're listening to this as a mum, I hope you can look back at your own experience and reflect on it in a positive way. But, you know, no matter how our children come into this world, we should be so grateful to even have the opportunity or experience. But that also doesn't discount your feelings or mean that your feelings aren't valid if reflecting on your birth story makes you upset or angry or disappointed as well. You are totally allowed to feel gratitude and disappointment over the same situation. They can be parallel. But as a whole, know that you are all incredible. We as women are incredible for what our bodies can do and can endure. And I'm just so proud of us. Um, if you're coming up to your birth, you've got this, no matter what happens, you've got this and I can't wait for you to meet your little one. And if you've had a birth like friggin' well done, no matter how it comes out. I really, I don't like using the term natural birth when it comes to vaginal birth because, or, or like drug-free birth, because honestly everything about birth, whether it's out the sunroof of the C-section or or, you know, out the vagina, it's all natural. It's all still a birth experience. You still have given birth. They're just different, different journeys with the same ending. That's basically what today's stories were about. And I also do want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, today's stories did all end positively with a baby um and I really really send all of my love and thoughts. Um it's truly heartbreaking when births don't go to plan and you also, you know, something horrible happens to your little one or to the mother in the situation. It is honestly birth is a huge, huge, huge fucking deal. It is a magical, magical thing and it's truly a miracle. And I just hope that you guys have heard these stories and feel a little less pressure around what that birth story should look like, what your birth story should look like or play out like. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening. Again, thank you so much to everyone who sent in their stories. Like you're all so amazing. Thank you for listening. I will be back in your ears in a fortnight um, or you can listen to obviously our kick pod. We'll be back next Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday actually in two days. Um, so you can hear from me again then. But yeah, thank you so much for listening guys. Love you, love you lots. You can find me on Instagram at Steph Smith or at Keeper Cleaner and you can head to our website www.keepercleaner.com. If you would like to find out more about the Keeper Cleaner program, we do have our kick bump part of the app, which is our pre and postnatal Pilates and educational content. Um, So yeah, if you didn't know we had that, we have a seven day free trial. Feel free to head to the website or the app store and download the app and use the free trial to check it all out. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, If you are looking for a virtual mothers group kind of community, our Kickbump Facebook group is there for you and you're welcome to come and join in there for more conversations like this one. Anyway, that's me done for the day. Love you guys.